Hello, peoples, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 296, and it's called Me, We, Everybody, Part 2. And I am here with my esteemed colleague, Trace Bell. Emphasis on esteemed. <laughs> now, we have a whole nother round here. Uh, we have so much ground we want to cover in this episode, but first... I want to tell you, I've been doing this writing class. It's called Rob Bell Writing Class, and it's just been so fun. And I'm doing four. It's the same class. I just offered at different times, but the um, there's one November 29th. So by the time you listen to this episode, I think I will have done the first three. But there's another one at the end of the month in case you'd like to join me as I tell you everything I've learned about writing, which takes a little over two hours. <laughs> That's it. I give you everything I got. Um, so that's up. But this right now is part two of Me, We, Everybody. So in the last episode, we basically are trying to show people this massive world of data and research about how human beings grow and develop and evolve. Is that is that a good way to summarize it, you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a massive data that just shows like patterns of development that have yeah. consistent... Um, patterns and structures that tell us a lot. Yeah, And that roughly, it's only in the past hundred years that theorists have had so much data available across like all cultures and time periods. And so what's astounding is that all these different theorists, like a number of them point out over a hundred developmental models generally all seem to agree that there are these basic stages that we move through. And why Trace and I find this so incredibly exciting is because at one level, human behavior is very mysterious, but at another level, it actually makes sense when you see the place that people are coming from. Yeah, and also when you just have this much data that you can you can see the 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 like there's so much data and there's so much information now that at our fingertips, like we can now kind of compile overall theories and, and models for how humanity evolves, which tells us a lot about ourselves and it tells us a lot about yes. the, the world we live in. And you think about all the people right now who are trying to figure out why why do those people, those former friends, those relatives, those family members, those coworkers, why do they see the world that way? Why do they vote that way? Why do they not wear a mask? Why do they why are they literally opposed to science? Yeah. Why do they why does it feel like they inhabit a different reality? Yes. Than, than myself? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 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 people have talked about how the greatest distance in the universe is between two minds because you can't get inside somebody yeah. else's mind. That's a great line. <laughs> um, and so for those of you who are feeling that more than ever, um, I've been teaching this, showing people uh, some of these overviews for about 10 years, and I've just seen people have so many aha moments. So last week we gave... We called it me, we, everybody. We gave you the most basic from the ego and the sense of self to a sense of belonging to others, to a sense of awareness of beyond your tribe, me, we, everybody. But now we're going to start to give you way more color and detail. We're literally going to give you colors. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> and once again, Trace and I are summarizing all sorts of data. Once again, we're using our own language. Once again, we're taking different stages and combining them. Some we're splitting up. We're just doing our own thing with this because there's so many different ones. So disclaimer for those of you 
who have studied Don Beck, Ken Wilber, Susan Cook Reuter, Cook Reuter, uh, Jane Lovinger, um, Claire Graves, uh, James Fowler. Those of you who have studied all this spiral dynamics, you've studied first and second tier consciousness. Um, but for those of you who know this backwards and forwards, you know that right now we're just trying to make it as accessible as possible. So we offer that disclaimer in love and humble service. Yeah, and, and it should. <laughs> and and another disclaimer: it's not not everything is hundred percent spot like spot yes, on. This right. is a basic overview, basic model. Like people, like there's there's many different ways in which you can kind of like nitpick and find different areas where it it doesn't yeah. line up. This yeah. is just a this is just a basic overview and and again like not used to like label people or like explicitly label things. It's like an overall pattern of yeah. of yeah. of development that is helpful in a yeah. It's like these are all the spaces going on inside of all of us. Yes, exactly. So it's yeah. stages that you move through, but more importantly, it's spaces within each of us. Good God, how often do I offer this many disclaimers? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, but this I, this one kind of needs this one kind of needs disclaimers need it, because right. because uh, there's many different ways you people you can kind of abuse these models or people. Uh, yeah, there's. It's there's, funny because there, there's I'm different sorry. ways it can go wrong. Yeah, um, it's funny because usually with the Robcast, within a, within like within 30 seconds of starting it, I'm in to the content of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, but I this just want to give people spicy, the stuff. This one's extra spicy, though. This one's extra spicy. The other day, though, because I don't really listen to podcasts, but the other day somebody sent me one to listen to, and there were like, it was like commercials or something. I was like, forget this. <laughs> Disclaimers are way better than commercials. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so here we go. Now, what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to take you through human history. And I assume subtly and cleverly, we're going to show you human history and then the development of an individual. Picture this like a layer cake, these two things going on simultaneously. Here's what I mean. Go way, way back in human history. Go way back to your cartoon image of a cave person, caveman, cavewoman, and picture your most primitive, uh, basic childhood image of cave person who's just grunting, uh, most childish image, grunting, just trying to get food, just trying to stay safe. First stage is called archaic. The color is... Beige. Yeah, so we're going to give you colors for these. Um, beige is first stage. It's called archaic, and that is the most basic. That is early, early infant who's only conscious of... The meeting of basic needs. Yeah, think about like the most like primitive kind of life. Like, it, like it's just like base. Like the most basic necessities are the only thing that are have any importance. Like just just sort of pure survival, shelter, yeah. safety, warmth. Yeah, uh, shade from the heat, food. By the way, if you listening right now to this episode, wherever you are, suddenly heard gunshots, you. The, the archaic stage within you would be activated. Yeah, it would come out quickly, yeah. Very quickly. Um, if all the factories in your town shut down and there's no work and you don't know how you're going to feed your family, a very, very early primal space within you becomes your center of gravity. 
that a good uh, we, yeah, yeah and the, the phrase the, center of gravity is very helpful when you think about this yeah this stage is necessary for just just our survival as humans like it's just a like a necessary like just even to survive in this world there has to be some element of this stage because it's just that that primal just like need to survive need to preserve yourself like yeah. so take your most smarty pants friend take your friend with multiple master's degrees Take your friends who her friend who always wins trivia night, right? Yeah. Take your friend working on their second PhD. There is also within that friend a an archaic space, a center of gravity that is present there. So this is why sometimes we wonder why is that person acting that way? It's completely irrational. Well, we haven't gotten to rational stages yet. We're at the very, very early stage of human growth, evolution, and consciousness. By the way, also key detail at beige, archaic. Reality is generally understood in terms of its material significance. So materiality, stuff. So food, uh, fire. a rock, fire, <laughs> right. Uh, at an archaic stage, you are not discussing Bach versus Beethoven. <laughs> no. You, at an archaic stage, uh, when the archaic stage opens up within you, you are not like, oh, I just, I really want meaningful, fulfilling work. No. You're like, duck, hide, kill, eat, yeah. cook. Very, very basic. Now, imagine, take that very, very simplistic cave person image you have in your head. Imagine cave person who begins to observe that these plants that we eat that keep us alive need a proper amount of sunshine, but those plants also need a proper amount of rain. And if it doesn't rain enough, well, everything dries up. If it rains too much, we have floods and it washes away. If there's not enough sun, the plant doesn't grow, but if there's too much sun, the plant dries out. So you can see earlier, and how far back are we in human history here? Uh, purple is about 50,000 50, years ago. So we moved from beige to purple. Beige was about 100,000 years ago, and then purple was about uh, 50,000 years ago. So, so 50, imagine, years later. imagine this early archaic cave person image you have realizing, oh, our survival is based upon these plants, but these plants are based upon sun and rain, which are, notice spatially, up in the sky, we need the sun to shine, and we need the rain to fall, and we need those forces, those natural forces, those weather phenomenon on our side. We need a proper amount of rain. We need a proper amount of sunshine. Can you see why early cultures worshiped the sun? Can you see why a lot of cultures had a rain god? You can see what developed is, for us to survive, we need these forces to be on our side. Yeah, we need we need to keep the spirits happy because that's how we survive. That's how we survive. So imagine if there is a drought. Well, if there's a drought and it hasn't rained, you can see the question that arose. Well, obviously we must have done something to offend the rain god. So you can see what gradually began to happen is we should probably, the next time there's a harvest, take a portion of the harvest. Hey, tell you what, let's build an altar. Where should we build the altar? 
Build it on a high place. Build it up on a mountain. Why? Because obviously it's these things up in the sky that provide for us. So the forces that we're, we want to stay in good favor with, they must be up. By the way, praise song, Lord, I lift your name on high. You see how far back that goes? Early human consciousness and awareness that these forces must somehow be up. So we're going to offer up, and this is where it's key, we're going to take a portion of the harvest and we're going to offer it up to the forces as a way of saying we acknowledge where this comes from. We just did the history of religion in like 90 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, I think I think an important thing about this stage is it's it's oftentimes a, a disempowered stage. So it's there are forces outside of my control. It's not my own autonomy. That yes, it's it's some mis some mystical force in in that's deciding whether or not I survive, and it's not my own like decisions and right. autonomy. Now I I worship and I I praise and give give thanks to whatever forces I want on my side, but it's ultimately up to those forces. So it's a, this is a very disempowered stage. Yes, somebody somewhere needs to be kept happy. So let's say, and then obviously the offering. Well, we offered part of our crop. Well, what else? Well, we should probably offer part of the herd. We should probably offer an animal just to let the forces know that we're serious and we're grateful and we understand where our bread comes from. Now, think about a culture like this. Who has the power in this culture? Well, imagine if, uh, imagine if a bunch of your cows are sick. They have some sort of disease. What's your first thought? Well, obviously the god of livestock, the forces of livestock, I must have wronged them in some way. So who do you go to? Well, you probably go down to the end of the village, to the hut at the end, to the shaman, to the witch doctor, because what do you want to know? What do I have to do, say, chant, drink, speak, recite, believe? What do I have to do to get the forces back on my side? Drink this, chant this, offer this, do this dance. Yeah. I know for some of you, you're like, wait, this all this sounds like echoes of, yes, exactly, exactly. Very, 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 very old and very, very, very modern. So you can see in cultures like this, the, sh the, the, the shaman, the witch doctor, the, um, sometimes the village elder, the uh, who can give me the potion, the hex, the formula. Um, you can see how in, and this is often, this stage is called purple and it's called magic. Who can help me do whatever magic I got to do to keep the forces on my side? Notice, by the way, we are firmly in pre-rational. Yep. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. This, this is, we're, we're still in the, the very pre-rational stage. So there was, rational thinking has not come in human development yet. So you, development, sorry. You see, so you have forces, you have demons, angels, you have curses, you have, oh, he was huge to purple as superstition. Yeah, like vo like voodoo dolls would be a good, good example yeah, of something right, like purple. Right, right, So you can see uh, magic is, well, this just curse has been on us. Um, but what do you mean by the curse? How? Why? Well, I just know. Um, I just know. Oh, by the way, story. Years ago, I was meeting with a couple, and I just started out as a pastor. They come in she was in her teens. He was in his early 20s. They sit down uh, in my office, and it's like right away, 
I can tell they want to talk about something, but right away I know something's off and I'm trying to think of what it is. And I'm like racking my, what is the feeling here? What is going And they're talking, we're sort of chatting. Um, and suddenly I was like, oh, I know what it is. And I said, are you pregnant? And the girl, the woman who was, I don't know, 19 was like, yes, I am. And her boyfriend, it was unbelievable. It goes, my family just can't get a break. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. He got her pregnant. Yeah. But what, and they, they had come to me because they were like freaking out because this wasn't anything they had planned. But what was so fascinating is he knew how this happened and yet he immediately shifted into my family can't get a break. The yeah, like, forces like the are forces, against yeah. us. Again, disempowered, disempowered stage. Yeah. In um, one of the, the more basic acts of human power, he found a way to make it like to not read his, it, yeah. disempowerment. Um, the systems rigged against us, the machine um, is rigged against us, the, the man has his boot. Honor. These are all very real experiences, but sometimes what they are is magical thinking about forces, amorphous, um, sometimes unspecific forces that are allayed against us. Yeah, that's that's a great point too, because purple oftentimes looks like some like just it, it happened like way back in history, like like ancient tribes that just like, but it is a very a lot of people are still in, like in have purple, like there's there's purple you see purple um in modern yeah in modern all times all yeah, the time yeah, yeah. like like yeah. like uh, there's just forces outside of my it's a very a lot of people are disempowered and it's it's yeah it's not just like an old kind of voodoo kind of old, old tribe thing it's it's a you can see it exhibited lots of times in, in modern culture. I've, um, oftentimes there is a current movement in religious circles. Somebody somewhere has written a book and it sounds like it's nice practical living for good spiritual living, but when you sense the energy in the new idea, it is actually how do we um, keep God on our side? Yeah. How do we keep the forces on yeah. our side? So, um, like in uh, sort of church world, it'll be like um, care for the city, um, care for the environment, or it'll be um, care for people who aren't Christians. Go do so, like um, pray more, um, sing more songs, um, be more sacrificial. There's there the person says it, and everybody gets all fired up because they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to do it, I can't. but actually what it is is the person is operating out of purple, and they're saying, here's how you keep the forces on your side. By the way, there's a very subtle development there from beige to purple, from archaic to magic. What you probably picked up is that beige archaic, reality is material, and the move to purple is the move to the awareness of the immaterial, mm. that which you can't access with your five senses but is real in some way. Yeah. Okay, so then there's this thing that happens. There's always the chance that in a purple magic culture, somebody will rise up. <laughs> somebody will rise up and be like, no, I'm going to do some stuff here. We're not disempowered. We have power. We're not passive participants in our own lives. We can do stuff. 
So somebody rises up in alpha, vital, energized power, and they lead and go somewhere. And the people are like, that person. So they have the biggest gun. They have the biggest uh, wealth. They have the largest wealth. How, how, I mean, there's all sorts of ways. They have the biggest army. Yeah. Yeah, they, they stand the tallest and they demand the most respect. Yeah. Yeah, so there is the tribal warrior. There is the chieftain. There is um, oftentimes dictators are... And the next stage here is red. So it's beige, purple, red. Red is power, um, also called power gods. But red power gods, um, red is the dictator of a purple culture. Um, there's that image of Saddam Hussein firing a gun in the city square on a holiday. Like he's literally the dictator who beheads people who oppose him holding a large gun, firing it off with people around him cheering for him. Um, that's literally red leaders of purple, sometimes purple cultures. Yeah, a lot of, a lot, a lot of leaders in the Middle East are, are red leaders of purple culture. That's a, that's a big thing in the Middle East. So then you have this thing that happens. Oh, by the way, we should go to the Old Testament for a second. Think about those passages in the Old Testament that say things like, King so-and-so was a good king. He ruled well. He took care of everybody. And then he died, and his son came to power, and his son was an evil man who did not do right in the eyes of the Lord. So you can see what would happen. Cultures were arranged, red cultures with red leaders were arranged around a powerful leader. A king was essentially a red, a powerful leader who the people rally around. So what holds us together? Ah, king so-and-so, uh, tribal chieftain so-and-so, uh, warrior so-and-so. But what happens if our great leader dies and his son comes to power? And his son is an idiot. He's actually a cruel, barbaric, horrible human being. Well, if our arrangement is around a person, the person could die. So you can see what gradually began to emerge. At what point in history? What, 3,000 years ago? 5,000. Yeah. 5,000 years ago. We should arrange ourselves not around a person, but around shared values. Yeah, some sort of order. Some sort of order that transcends simply one person. We need a hook, a code. Think of Hammurabi's code. How about a code, a text, um, an ethos, a set of values? And so what happened is beige, purple, red, archaic magic power, is you had the emergence 5,000 years-ish ago of what are called traditional cultures. What are the words? Traditional is generally how it is called. The color is, well, we're going to call it blue. Some use the color amber. Different models use different colors for this stage. But this is what happens. Now, in what Trace and I talked about last week, me, we, everybody, the move from red to blue, the move from power to traditional is the move from me to we at some level. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the red is a very like individualistic, like only my concerns are what I'm 
I'm worried about. It's very impulsive. Blue is a more is a is a move again to to we. I'm working for something. There's a there's a higher order that we can all get behind rather than just a person. Um, so this is kind of like the the emergence of empires um, is at this stage. So you had like like leaders like red leaders that were leaders of like small tribes and groups, and then you had more the emergence of empires of like all those kind of bled into like huge um, empires that everyone kind of was working for some sort of order structure. Right, right, right. And what an empire needs always is an animating myth. And that's the huge difference from red to blue. Is that red, who leads us? Well, the guy with the, the, the biggest sword, the guy who's the warrior, the tallest guy, King Saul in the Old Testament, he's tall and strong. So he's our leader. He's a good warrior. So you have, that's our, and he's, we're, we're going to go take that field. We're going to take that tribe. We're going to go battle that nation. You can see what happens in blue is you get an animating. What you need to get even larger power is some sort of story that everybody can buy into. And those of you who have read uh, like Sapiens by Yuval Harari, um, you have the, uh, the person who comes along and calls people to a story. So there's some sort of animating myth that everybody can rally around. And then you start to get things like the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is a powerful leader, but that is an unbelievably organized, structured, disciplined. You start to get these world empires that aren't just organized around a person, but are organized around an incredibly detailed structure of devastating power. And then you just get this giant movement in human history. Now, what happens with at blue is blue is the move from me to we. Blue, you got to have a code, got to have a text, got to have something everybody can rely upon. But blue invites you to sacrifice for the greater good. So the military is very blue. Um, sports, we talked about last week, has a very blue dimension to it, which is we're going to, we invite you in your full redness, <laughs> in your powerness, in your vitality, in your energy. We invite you to give that to the larger group. So sacrifice, patriotism, teamwork, selflessness. Those of you who, who were invited uh, as a kid, you were taught um, there's no I in team. Um, those of you who were taught discipline, postponed gratification, um, red is all about just follow your impulses. Blue is about, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Restrain those impulses. Don't go wild. Uh, it's the move from pre-conventional to conventional. It's the move from pre-conformity to conformity. Yeah, that's a great way. And, and that's a, that's a, that impulse thing is important. Red is just completely impulsive. There's no sort of consideration for others. It's only what I want. And blue is like all about taking that, that impulse and that that power and using it for something and, right. and not for your own right. own needs right. it's, for the, it's for the needs of of everybody the, yeah. The, 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 yeah so you think about purple um who has the power in purple well the shaman the witch doctor whoever can help me get the forces on my side who has the power in red the leader the chieftain the warrior who has the power in blue well who is the person can who can interpret and apply and enforce the code, the text, the rules of our tribe, of our group, of our religion, of our nation, because the text says it, I believe it, 
that settles it. Sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. The person who can interpret the text, the person who can uh, teach the Bible and tell you what it means, the person who can, who has been loyal to the code and enforced all the rules, that's who has the power. Whew! Man, oh man. <laughs> you got to like catch your breath in this because it works in human history. It's also how we as individuals grow. Yeah, that, that's that's the best thing about this model is it just it, it shows you how humans have developed over time and how cu- culture has developed over time. But then you can also see your you can also see your own growth through this own model, which is just like yeah, 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 yeah. Or like imagine Trace, try to imagine a nation that elected a leader who is actually very broken, toxic, red, but then who used the language of blue, constitution, patriot, um, a greatest nation on earth, used the language of blue to at some level seduce people into giving him more power to build up his red, raging egoic structure. Huh. I'm, I'm having trouble imagining that. Where, I wonder where we could see that. And imagine if there were a group of people who are at blue, very traditional, very God-fearing Christians who love the flag and love this country and want to restore it and make it great again. And imagine if they thought when he used that language, he actually was blue like them. And then they were surprised when he actually wasn't as blue as they thought. And he was actually way more red and individual. And I can't say that word. Individualistic. Individualistic, yeah. Right. Man, so much talking. Just got my, yeah, I can't even say words anymore. Um, yeah. And so everybody, and, and so it actually began to realize that this red person had no, no ideology. There was no larger plan or structure or moral compass or integrity or... So, so this person would use words like sacrifice but had zero personal history of sacrifice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, we're just scratching. Imagine if that were to happen. Now, uh, we talked last week about the the kid who grows up in blue traditional, and in blue traditional, hierarchy, order, there's generally one story, our story, the story of our people. We talked about what happens when Maybe that kid goes away to university and takes a comparative religions class and is like, whoa, wait a second. There are other tribes out there. They have stories. Wait, some of what I was told uh, doesn't line up. Actually, some of the ways my tribe lives and moves in the world isn't good for other tribes. Um, So you can see what happens at Blue Traditional is it works until you encounter stories beyond the stories of your tribe that have truth in them or you encounter data, or you encounter research, and you discover that not this one, that there are other stories besides yeah. just the story yeah, of you your start, people. Yeah, you start to question the structure of blue. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so you have, in human history, this moment when a large number of people began to profoundly question blue, and you had the birth of what is called modern... Uh, the color is orange. Uh, many date it to the 1500s, 1415, 1600s. You had this explosion of scientific thinking 
of rational cognitive processing you had previous to that. Why do volcanoes erupt? Well, because the goddess is upset. But you had the birth of the scientific revolution. Why do volcanoes erupt? Well, actually, there are plate tectonics. There's lava flow. There are heat below the crust of the earth. There, you had rigorous examination of the data and facts. Yeah, this is a this is a huge step in human development, and this is this is pretty recent too. I mean, the only, right. we're only talking about a couple hundred years ago, roughly five hundred years um, into this movement. But this was a huge move towards rationality, science, logic. What do the facts say? And it's to move, totally moving away from that <clears throat> mythical um, thinking that was kind of uh, from the lower stages. It's and, a yeah. And you can see how blue is very communal, because blue is about we. What's the code? What's the text? What does the Bible say? What do we believe? What is our dogma? What is our doctrine? What's the code? So you can see how orange has a orange retrieves some of that earlier red. Yeah. Because to think for yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be brainwashed. Any of that sound familiar? Requires uh, an activation of the red power space within you. I know that I was taught this, but I know too much. And yeah. I can't continue to go along with that. Yeah. Or orange is like a more rational red. It's like a more, it's a little, it's, it's, a, it's a red and it's a, it's a individualistic, there I said it, um, <laughs> uh, individualistic uh, kind of, outlook on life that uses more ration rationality to sort of play the game to win. Like orange is a very like materialistic stage yeah. where it's all about like accumulating wealth, accumulating goods, like almost like you're, you're now playing the game of life uh, for your own benefit um, and kind of gaming the system more instead of just where red was just like impulsive and red didn't really think as much. Orange is more like cerebral thinking about how you game the system and g get ahead in life and yeah, accumulate. So you think about um, healthy orange is using all of that newfound rationality. Okay, so how can we come up with a, a medicine to help these people, to eradicate that disease? Yeah. Unhealthy orange, I'm going to build an empire here. I'm going to make a ton of money. Yeah. I'm going to crush it. Like, like capitalism is a big, big, huge theme at orange. Like or, orange is usually heavy, very capitalistic. So yeah, yeah capitalism is big. Um, yeah. Orange brings with it this ruthless logic. Orange knows how to build stuff. Yeah. Orange can build systems. By the way, I would argue that the megachurch, which is a relatively new historical phenomenon, is what happened when blue theology got a hold of orange modern methodology. It was like it, it got a hold of that doctrine and dogma and said, hey, we could build something here. We could build systems. We could build processes. We could, yeah, yeah, we could make this thing huge. We can make this thing very efficient. Yeah. We can make this very cost-effective. We could, yeah, we could get the message out. And I think I think it's important to note, again, like the you just mentioned the health and unhealth at each stage. Like there is, there, there's the health of orange is like what it brought humanity was like, like the scientific revolution, like technology. Like it, this was a huge step in human development because it brought so many things that, that improved our Absolutely. life. So I, I didn't mean to make it sound like there was like just... Health was, and unhealth at every health stage. Health and unhealth. And that's just another theme that we want to reiterate is just how important that is. That yeah. each, each stage brought things that are absolutely oh. integral and necessary for, our, for us as humans. Here's yeah. an example. Yeah. At Blue, who's in charge? The king. Well, well, how do we determine the economy? Well, the king sets it up. 
Well, what are the laws? Uh, the king set them up. Well, why is the king the king? Because the king's dad was the king. Well, why is the queen the queen? Because the queen married the queen, the king. Yeah, but why? Like, how is the... Uh, because God made them the king. Do you see how purple is magic, but blue is mythic? There's a story. And at the heart, the story is pre-rational. You, so that at blue, you're either a believer or you're not a believer, and you take a leap of faith. So you see what orange does is orange comes in with evidence. It's like, what do you mean God made you the king? You're a terrible king. We need a good leader in here. So you can see what happened. So along comes democracy. Along yeah. comes democracy, this fragile, extraordinary experiment in moving power from some person who some story in some ancient book said they're the one who should be leading. What? They're not even that good. Well, they're the king. No, not good enough. You can see what democracy was. Democracy was, no, let's locate the power in the people. Let's trust there's a goodness that resides within human beings. You see how... And it's just even, it's just even like a logical... It's a logical procedure for choosing a leader. Orange just goes, okay, what's the logical way to choose someone that should lead over the people? Yes. Well, it should be the majority. It should be what the majority of the people want. Like it's, it, it just is like a ruthless pragmatism and like logic at this stage that just comes yeah. in with like, which, which is one yeah. of the beautiful aspects about this stage. Yeah. So think about when Blue does a job interview. When Blue is hiring, who often gets hired? Who's loyal? Who's a team player? Uh, who's a believer, who's a patriot, who has been with us from the beginning, you know, yeah. or, or in blue, who is uh, God's man for the job, God's woman for the job. Yeah. Uh, when Orange hires somebody, data, merit, achievement, facts. Yeah, who's the best candidate for this job? Who who's... is the best candidate? Yeah. Yeah. So it would be like, if a nation hired a president who was actually red and functioned at a red-purple level and hired people based on who would be loyal to them and fired somebody the moment they weren't loyal to them, it would be democracy, but the very underpinnings of democracy would be threatened. And this, this leader might even sort of reject democracy and the, the standards that the democracy used. Yes, too. because what happens at Orange is there's a standard and people are held to it and you can't escape it. And whew, okay, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Don't you feel that? Okay, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. we got to keep building our, we got to keep doing the unfolding story. Oh, by the way, um, the way that it generally it works among theorists is when they map human history, what they, what they generally agree on is that there are different people at all these different stages, and all these stages are, stage spaces are present within ourselves. We just generally have a center of gravity. Um, but what happens is something happens when 10% of the global population evolves into the next stage. So roughly 14, 15, 1600s, 1700s, in there, you had roughly 10% of the global population move into orange. And when 10% of the population moves to what's called the leading edge of, con of unfolding consciousness, 
there are massive ripple effects that affect everybody. Because those those 10% usually empower. That's a yeah. Those 10% are generally empower. An extraordinary thing happens. So notice, pretty much every civilization for all of human history had slaves. 10% of the global population tips into orange modern sometime in the roughly 1600s. And in a 100-year span from mid-1700s to mid-1800s, pretty much every civilization on the planet Earth abolishes slavery, gets rid of it. So why did something that human beings practiced for literally thousands of years suddenly, literally suddenly, in a very narrow window of time, suddenly everybody decide this is abhorrent and immoral and unjust and we should abolish it? So, and you see where we're going with this, of course, is whenever you have a sense of, is the world falling apart? What we have in human history is these moments of unfolding evolution where suddenly the whole thing leaped forward. Democracy, um, the idea of human rights, uh, this all came about orange modern. Should we keep rolling? Yeah. But orange modern does something. And this is where we go to me, we, everybody. Because in we, there's only one story. But what happens in Orange Modern is there's a challenge to the one story. And so Orange cracks the door on everybody. Because Orange says, wait, 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 the story that you've been telling, hold on, let's look at the facts here. What do you mean by that? And so what Orange does is, is it breaks open the idea that there's only one story and there's only one way of doing things, there's only one group of people. And that opens you up to next stage, which is called, what's well, called, some call it world-centric, some call it post-modern, some call it, uh, the color is green. Yeah, pluralist, some people call it. Yeah, pluralist, and that is diversity, difference, all these other stories. This is the sensitive stage. <laughs> Like it's this is the the sensitive to everybody's worldview and everybody's, uh, in perspective and yeah, there's a big world out there with all of these other human beings. You can see what blue. You can see what orange did is with human rights. Are all humans created equal? Well, if all humans are created equal, then one tribe dominating other tribes is wrong. So you see in orange modern the birth of social justice. But then if you take it further, you have compassion for all these other groups. You have celebration of diversity and difference. You have the mosaic. You have the kaleidoscope. Now, a lot of people, as green began, more and more people moved into green. By the way, what decade in the 1900s would you guess green, a lot of theorists believe green tipped into 10% of the global population. Wait for it. 60s. Which I find fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no, no. 60s was a very green, like the hippie movement. Right. Um, that whole psychedelic movement, like that was a that was a very green. So you think the, about the this. of green was big, yeah. Right, you think about this period of time, you had feminism, you had civil rights, you had earth care, you had animal. War protests. Care, yeah. you had war protests. Um, 
yeah, you had an explosion of awareness of stewardship of the earth, of listening to other voices, um, protests against destructive policies, protests against the Vietnam War, protests against nuclear war. You had this explosion of what's called green pluralistic. Green said, hey, we haven't heard the story of my what minorities have been going through. We haven't we haven't properly heard the story of what it's been like to be a woman. We haven't heard the LGBTQ story. We so green is this explosion of sensitivity and listening to other voices. Remember, remember the health and unhealth at every stage. And so you had within green there's my truth and your truth and your truth. At blue there was one truth. There was the code, the law, the text, the religion, the doctrine, the dogma. You can see at green the explosion of truths. Your truth, my truth. You can see in unhealth how that leads to fake news. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, at orange there's sort of like a almost like a cold rationality to the it's just like so pragmatic. Green is more of a transition into like like it's more of a feeling stage. It's more of a like feeling and sensitivity about the world yeah. rather than just that. It rejects that like Execution. orange. Yeah, it rejects that just that that sometimes sometimes brutal just orange just rationality. Just, um, it's yeah, this green stage is is a definitely more of like a bleeding heart stage. Where yeah. Oh, um, we should talk about belonging. How do you belong at purple, early purple? How do you belong? Well, blood. We're in the same tribe, right? So early, early on, where does your sense of belonging comes from? It comes from bloodline. It comes from who you're related to. It comes from what tribe you're from. Okay, now at blue, how do you belong? At blue, how do you belong? Belief. You may be different from me, but we believe the same thing. So now we're brother and sister. Uh, you believe that the code, you believe the law, you believe the commands, okay, then we're in this. So that's actually much more sophisticated than blood. Belief is a more sophisticated way to belong than simply blood. Um, now, how do you belong at green? Behavior. You're against nuclear weapons. I'm against nuclear weapons. All right, we're together in this. You believe Black Lives Matter? I believe Black Lives Matter? Great, we're in this together. Yeah, this is the stage where where cancel culture would come from. Like when people talk about cancel culture and in, in society, where like when when someone says something offensive and like there's a there's a huge push to like cancel anyone that has any sort of views that that are viewed as as wrong or immoral, and it's just like there's a huge push to like cancel them and get them out of the public eye. This is this is usually coming from from green stage. Unhealthy green on the war path. Yeah. So we'll, we should talk about un, unhealthy green in a second. But you can see what happens is at any moment in history, one of these stages was the leading edge of global culture. Is that, was that how, you, how you'd say it? Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it, yeah. Culture, there is a leading edge. So at one point, democracy was like, whoa! And, 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 a, and a number of places in the world haven't yet gotten to democracy. So... Um, you can see how different places have different sets of different centers of gravity to this day. So there are places that a, a good bit of the Western world tipped into democracy, what, 500 years, which there are places right now in the world that are just now entering into, hey, we should try democracy. Mm -hmm. This might be a better way. 
So you can see how different cultures have different centers of gravity, and the leading edge of culture leads ideally in health. But now a number of theorists, among them our friend Ken Wilber, and by the way, if we could recommend one book, Ken Wilber's book, Trump in a Post-Truth World. Yeah, this is an excellent book if you want to learn more about this this model, and, and it's perfect because it, it grounds it in today's culture, and it, yes. it's a very accessible and like easy way to understand. Everything Trace and I are doing in this series we're doing, me, we, and everybody, we're just the opening band. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> to no, that no. Book. His, his his is way more in, his is way more in detail and yeah. It... Trump in a post truth world. Ken Wilber, W I L B E R. Shout out to Ken. Love you, Ken. Now, the argument. Let's just try to do. Let's just try to give a summary of of that book. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can do it. And and I know a number of you have felt this, but haven't had language for it. So here we go. The leading edge of culture has been green consciousness for roughly a generation. And its gift was this fantastic, explosive diversity of your story and your story and your story. But like we talked about last week, at the heart of all that lovely political correctness and tolerance and sensitivity and all that, fine, fine, great. But it's got a lethal wound or a glitch in it, which is it moved beyond the one story of blue. And it valued all these other experiences. But what it ended up doing is saying, well, there are so many truths, then there are no absolute truths, which is an attempt at an absolute truth. It ended up in what's called a performative contradiction. It was so tolerant and welcoming of all these stories and so against ranking, it didn't know what to do when there was the need for ranking. So this is your super progressive friend who doesn't ever want to say this thing is better than that thing because it feels gross. It feels like a regression to blue. But in some circumstances, some things are better than other things. Yeah, yeah. Hier hierarchy is actually necessary at times. But, right. But, but green, green, green says that there are no hierarchies and that all truth is equal. But the contradiction there is that that, that itself is a hierarchy because it's my view that there should be no hierarchies is the, tr is the truth. So my, my view... That they're that every all truth is relative is itself an absolute truth that Green is is put is pushing, so you can't actually get out of this this um you can't actually loop. get out of the fact that yeah, you can't get out, out of the loop that there actually needs to be some sort of structure and hierarchy to to view some views actually are just better than others but but Green runs into this like you said performative contradiction where yeah oh by the way I was, I haven't told you this friend of mine uh this was last year told me he was applying for a job at a super green organization. I was like, how's it going? He's like, I swear I'm on like the fifth or sixth round of interview. He's like, they are unable to make a decision because <laughs> none of them want to be the one who says yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> Very green to, oh, I'll tell you what green loves, a conversation. How many of you, we're just going to have a conversation. I would never want to impose myself on others. Green sees um, imperialism and colonialism everywhere, which is real and needs to be called out, but it sees almost any view that is held with any conviction in unhealth as a form of violence and oppression. Yeah. So it ends up all tied up in knots because it doesn't end up leading well. Now... 
Uh, should we talk about first tier here? Yeah, yeah, I think Good we should. God, we have come a long way, but here's what I have to talk about. Everything that we just took you through is called first-tier consciousness. And in first-tier consciousness, these different stages generally tend to interact with each other with a great deal of conflict and tension. You generally look forward with fear and often look back with disdain. So lots of green folks have great disdain for the blue Baptist church they grew up in. Lots of orange folks have great disdain for the purple magic world maybe they grew up in. Um, if you're blue and someone starts talking about how love wins, terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> so what happens, uh, and, and a lot of people believe that the center of gravity of the Republican Party is blue-orange, and the center of gravity of the Democratic Party is green. So um, you just have endless conflict. Yeah, I, th I think it's, Im it's important to note each stage thinks their own view is the only correct one. That's a, yes. that's a huge thing about first tiers. Each stage is thinks that, thinks every other stage is wrong and thinks their one is the right one. So so lots of times the conflict comes from each stage trying to impose their own views in their own stage on the other state on the other stages and getting frustrated why that doesn't work. So you just have a, all these different stages coming at each other thinking their one is the only right one, which is right. why there's so much conflict. And so you have all these labels, commies, socialists, those horrible liberals, those yeah. backwards. You you yeah, have those stupid new agers like you just have, yeah. All of it, all of it is different centers of gravity bumping up against each other. Disdain, fear, aggression, um, dismissal. What theorists are now pointing out is that a portion of the population has moved to a stage beyond green called, and the color is yellow, called integral. And at integral, you are no longer pushing and pulling and in conflict with these other stages because you've come to see the presence of all of these stages within yourself. And you're no longer trying to make people something you're not, but you're meeting people in love where they're at. Yeah, this is a this is a very recent emerging <laughs> this is a very recent emerging stage because I think it's about like about one percent of the population is at this stage. Is right it now. really one? Yeah. So it's it's a very maybe it's a little higher than that. That's just what this says right here, but um it, it may be a little higher than that, but I, I would get, it's not over, I mean, it's at least under five. It's, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, yellow, if you have found yourself as let down by the left as by the right, if you have found yourself in a number of discussions where you used to be on one side, then you move to the other side, but now you find truth on both sides and a lot that needs to be left behind on both sides. If you find yourself noticing how many conversations you don't quite fit in because you seem to be viewing it through some other lens, yeah, yeah, integral consciousness. If you find yourself healing from your tribe of origin and realizing that that 
upbringing, it handed you some things you've left behind, but if you found yourself realizing it also handed you some good things. So by the way, if every time I meet somebody who's upset with their fundamentalist religious background, I just ask them, do you have a sense of morality? Yeah. Do you have a sense of discipline? Yeah. Did you learn a work ethic? Yeah. Did you at some young age have a sense of the divine? Yeah. Okay. You got that in blue. Thank them. Did they hand you a bunch of other things that you want nothing to do with? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's yellow. Yeah, uh, yellow transcend a, and you include. Yellow's able to see the the health at each stage, which is the big thing. Yellow's able to see that each stage has its its healthy aspects and and health at each stage is actually necessary for the development and growth yes. of culture and humans. Yeah. Um, so instead of seeing just my my view, my stage is the right one. It's now sees that each stage is actually necessary to facilitate the development and facilitate the growth. Yeah. Uh, which is huge. Yes. Really huge at this stage. So Sometimes what happens is, like at green, green often has left behind in unhealth, orange, and blue. So it has all, have you seen this? It has all sorts of great ideas about saving the world, but just can't organize itself to save its life. <laughs> uh, we should talk about Occupy Wall Street. Let me write that down in the, in the next episode. Um, it, it has all these, it has all these, lovely, warm, fuzzy sensitivity ideas about how to change the world, but it's looking back on disdain at blue and orange and can't seem to get anything done, so they just endlessly have conversations. It hasn't included enough of the orange and right. the right. discipline and, and structure from orange and, and blue, which is actually necessary to like keep movements and, and to have some sort of sustaining. Right, yeah. right. So you can see the yellow leader is the one who's like, I'll take the organization and the me metrics and data of orange, I will take the compassion and solidarity of green and celebration of difference. Give me the belonging and morality and a strong sense of structure at blue. Give me people who uh, believe they can do good work and use their power for good in the world. Give me some people with some properly developed red. <laughs> um Purple, by the way, magic, is... Do you notice what happens? Um, you notice how many people are talking about mystery? Yeah. All the people, I'm just... Man, it's just about the questions and the mystery. Yeah, that's the, that's the proper integration often of purple. That's what's happening there. Yeah. So, by the way, after yellow, then you also have turquoise, and after turquoise, you have coral, which deals with system flow, and then you get into formless that formlessness after form. We could go on all day on that. But so there, there's more after yellow. But what I've discovered in doing this is mapping this out, how many people just are like, oh my God, that's what's happening here. For example, one time, and, and next episode, we should just do tons and tons of examples of, we'll talk about NASCAR. We'll talk about, we should talk about the Kardashians. We'll talk about um, purpose-driven life. We'll talk about all this stuff. But I remember one time I was doing this and a guy went, oh, partway through. And I was like, do tell. And he's like, I'm a pastor. I was a pastor of a blue church. I tried to make the church green, and everybody left. <laughs> <laughs> because we move you, my Robcast friend, you are moving through. the. All these are spaces within you, but they're also stages that you move through and you can't skip. Yeah. Know, stage by stage, by stage. Once again, these are spaces within each of us, and at different times, we draw on each of this. Uh, blue, I mean, blue belonging, 
Belonging's awesome. It's awesome to have some people you're with. <laughs> and yeah, that's really great. Structure can be wonderful. <laughs> um, giving yourself for the well-being of the group. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's wonderful. So you'll see what happens at Yellow as people start reclaiming things that they previously looked at with great disdain. Yeah, and at, Ye at Yellow, you become an integrated human being when you start to really start to integrate each, the healthy aspects of each stage and you become you become well-rounded and you can like it's almost like you just have like different tools in your arsenal you know yeah, what i mean by by transcending and including all of it you know yeah and, and the best aspects i remember a guy at one of my events stood up and he said i'm a pastor of the most conservative blue fundamentalist church filled with senior citizens in texas that you've ever seen and he said now i am not where they are at I meet them where they are at, and I love them, and we are traveling together, and I'm having a blast. It's such a great, no disdain, no judgment. He's like, they are narrow. They are very closed-minded. They are very set in their way. I meet them where they're at. Yeah, he's what they call a spiral wizard. <laughs> but you see what, you can see that guy. He's co You know he's coaxing, so he's meeting them and then helping coax along a spiral yeah. wizard yeah so those of you who have noticed like in my teachings i might say let's think about that for a minute that's a shout out to orange because orange does not want to orange has to be able to step at a step back at any moment and analyze it can't get sucked into anything it did that in blue so orange let's think about that for a minute uh you'll notice i'll often talk about so what's the story think about the story here yeah green loves a story yeah um note it for years like when I was a pastor and did a sermon every Sunday in a church, I'd begin the sermon with, please turn in your Bible to, and then I would name the passage. Yeah, why was I do? Why did I always begin the sermon with, please turn in your Bible? That was a shout out to Blue. Yeah, that was me saying to Blue, hey, I got you. I got you. Yeah, there's a text. There's a text here. Uh, sometimes you, on the Robcast, I say, you can do this. You can do this. Yeah, you can do this. That's just, I'm just speaking to your red. I am just, that's just a shout out to your head. When I talk about the woo, the mysteries, the synchronicities, the weird things lining up that you can't explain, you've heard me interview people on the Robcast and they tell these wild stories where you're like, what? And I just laugh. Yeah, yeah. Keep that, keep that purple alive and well. It's a mysterious, strange quantum universe we're living in. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we're all over uh, this. Yeah, we're all over this. Some call this spi they call a spiral dynamics. Um, some have called this spiral dynamics. Don Beck um, has done a whole bunch of work on this. But yeah, we're all over the spiral. Yeah. That's <laughs> how you become a spiral wizard. <laughs> okay, Trace. Um, anything else for this one? Or um, um, I, th I think uh, just a quick thought. Um, US, the, the U.S. right now is mostly at um orange it's like primarily at orange and then oh you, really yeah you see it probably like 50 i saw it right here it says 50 percent of the population u.s population is at orange um and then you have like you have green and then with a green and green and blue blue yeah right. so you see so u.s is like primarily capitalistic um you see lots of people are, are driven by achieving material goods and then you still have the religious blue section yeah, i'm just right, i'm just right, thinking right. like with this with this model how you kind of understand the u.s better 
Like U.S. is is at a primarily stage stage orange with with a green and sort of blue wing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Face masks are a at some level a confrontation of blue and earlier versus orange and later. Yeah, at some level, some level the election had yeah. those uh, red blue in conflict with orange, yeah. green, and later. And the emergence of green has been a recent um, phenomenon over the past 50, 60 years. That's been a, that's been a recent development. Now, yeah. now yellow is the next one. I think that's the thing that's, you're going to yeah. see these, you're going to see these models get much more popular over time. Like I think my prediction is, I, I think that these sort of spiral dynamics, these sort of development models are going to become like, a bit like the Enneagram I was just, right now. Yeah. I was just going to say, this is you and I officially saying Spiral dynamics is the new Enneagram. Yeah, I, I think like ten, 10 to 20 years, I think this this becomes much more mainstream. And I think people, yeah. as I actually think the move into as as integral as yellow, stage yellow starts to become more prominent, I think these type of models are become going to become much more mainstream. So don't be yeah. surprised if over the next decade or two, you see these kind of models, much more people talk about them um, and they become much more kind of widely accepted and um, yeah, talked about. Uh, let's let's conclude with this. For every one of you who has this question, is the world getting worse? And I swear, anywhere I go in the world, any Q&A, there's somebody who asks some version of, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? You know what I mean? That question is everywhere. What we know from the data, this is the data. This is the facts. There have been moments in human history when something happened that inaugurated and ushered in radical new human expansion and consciousness. You, you had a period there, the, the birth of orange, orange tipping over 10%. And like we said, human rights, scientific method, the end of slavery, the birth of democracy. It's monumental, um, yeah. Monumental forward leaps in human history. Think about civil rights. Think about the desegregation of schools. Think about everything you know about earth care, environmentalism, think feminism, equal pay for doing men and women doing the same job. That, that all came in a narrow gay rights. All had their origins in a somewhat narrow band of time, window of time in human history, when those tipped and what was an idea over in the corner suddenly became everywhere. Uh, and obviously there are places that that hasn't been fully integrated into their worldview, to say the least. <laughs> but um, what happens if it tips into yellow? Like even think about how you um have intuitively or been taught this awareness that exercise nutrition getting enough sleep some sort of sabbath rhythm and rest to life aren't like optional things healthy people do but are like central to being a vital human being i mean i think about the discussions you and i've had about how many things for you trace are just duh yeah. like the integration of body soul spirit mind the, yeah it's, the, just, it's just a natural that mom and i like worked our way into like we sort of we sort of lived our way into oh 
everything in your life as a human being is related to everything else, as opposed to, you know, some people are into health and some people, as opposed, no, 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 it's central to being a human being is being a healthy human being. Yeah, um, yeah. What happens when eating healthy foods tips and people are like, why would you put junk in your body? You'll feel terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, think of the things that could happen yeah. when the leading edge of culture just tips enough into whatever's next. Yeah, and the, and um, the people the people at this stage will become, like, the, the leading innovators in a lot of different fields. Like, yeah. the person that, at Integral that can step into education and start to develop a more integral model of education where you're now you're now meeting kids where they're at on the stage and like it's massive like medicine politics there's gonna this this new integral um stage that's emerging the people the, the people at the, at the forefront of that are going to be t complete innovators for the for different fields so if you're able to think um in this way uh, you can really bring like some serious change, and and it's it's not this is a change that's like you just look at this model, it's just it, it, almost inevitable, you know? Right, like right, right. You think about something like our nuclear stockpile. Somebody go, wait, why are we stockpiling nuclear weapons? We need to get rid of them. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like that could happen. Yeah. Like this yeah. is all possible. There's so much stuff now in in, in in the world today that we will look back in the future and just be like, we did what? What? <laughs> right, like, right. Like we just we it's still like normal to us now. We take it for granted, but yeah. It's funny. I I've had uh, when people ask me, well, you just seem so hopeful. No, I I just know the facts, the data. Yeah, look where, at the, look at the pattern. Look at the, the pattern. pattern. The pattern of human development. Yeah, there's yeah. an ancient pattern in play here. This is not like pie in the sky. This is not hoping. Like just kind of. On this warm, fuzzy, like, no, this is this thing that we're a part of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Robcast episode two ninety six. This is Rob Bell with my esteemed colleague. It was such a it was such a blast. Yeah, this is so much fun <laughs> to talk about. Uh, we'll be back with another episode at some point in the near future. Much love, grace, and peace to all of you. <laughs>